This is the mayor of the airways, and I'm very excited to have this next guest on the air. He worked with a man who walked into history and changed music forever. He worked with Elvis Presley, and he is Bruce Marin. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Red from Las Vegas. Good morning. Well, I'm tickled that you would uh, be willing to spend some uh, special time with us and talk about Elvis. I, I used to have the phone number for his uh, former secretary, and she would tell me wonderful stories, but then my phone fell into the river here in Indian River County, uh, Vero Beach, Florida, ah. and I, I lost that number forever. But how are you? You know, you were the PR agent for, for, for Elvis and knew him intimately, right? Yes, yes, I was, and some of the most incredible uh, experiences of my life did happen uh, with Elvis. And I'll just tell you quickly because I- I'm in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. When I was in junior high, Red, and you'll you'll get a kick out of this, we moved to Vegas in '56. So in 1956, radio. I was listening to KRAM radio here in Vegas, and in 1956, I'm living here. Heartbreak Hotel, Don't Be Cruel, Love Me Tender, and all shook up. So I became a huge fan of Elvis. Then, fast forward, Rhett, the story, I graduated to UCLA Film School, and I had a job at MGM Studios uh, in the Thalbert Building. So I was a young kid at the studio, and the president of MGM comes into my office and he says, you're a young kid, how would you like to work with Elvis? We've got a new film called Elvis on Tour. So I felt like uh, I died and went to heaven. Oh, my word. He says, will you have uh, lunch with Elvis in the commissary at, at the MGM, you know, at the MGM studio? So when I met Elvis, we really hit it off because I'm a mama's boy. You know, I've always been a mama's boy, and I knew Elvis's situation with his mom. Mm-hmm. So when we were having lunch at the MGM, uh, I mentioned my love for my mom, and I knew how much he loved his mom, and then you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, we're, we're in the commissary, and the waitress, as they call them back then, comes to our table, and Elvis, with that smile, you know, he had the most beautiful smile I've ever seen, he says to the waitress, please bring us a loaf of bread, some peanut butter, and some bananas, and literally he made me and him, Elvis, his favorite <laughs> sandwich, which was the peanut butter, and, and banana, and then at the end of the lunch, he, he ordered pecan pie. So that was the first time that I met him, and we bonded, and we did all the public relations on, on that movie, Elvis on Tour, and from then on, you know, we were together for, for just so many years. So wow. I am blessed beyond, uh, beyond words, you know? Well, Let's hear it for Tupelo, right? Well, I tell you, I tell you what. Uh, I mean, I I was told by somebody who was actually in the audience, and one night they were holding signs saying uh, uh, Elvis is king, Elvis is king, and this this was in Vegas. And my friend was in the audience, and she said he said he stopped the show. He said, "Put those signs down. There's only one king, and that's Jesus." He had a humility about him. I think he had an anointing that he got in the black churches in Memphis. But you were, yes. right, you were right next to the man. He seemed to be such a... I mean, do you remember when he was on the Ed Sullivan show and he said, a second visit, and he says, oh, this has been a really big record for us. He says, well, actually, uh, it's the same size of all my other records. <laughs> <laughs> the guy had no, humility. That's... 
No, Rhett, that's, that, that's a great story. There are so many things I can say about him besides being an amazing singer, you know, maybe the best ever, and being a mama's boy, which I love. Mm, he too. was so generous with everybody yeah. on a lot of the films, because I was with him on a lot of the films that he did. Yeah. He would give these expensive gifts to everybody on the movie set, the grips, the camera people. He was so generous. But one thing, because I'm in Vegas, that I must share with you, and I, I know you'll identify with this. I probably saw his show over a hundred times at the International here in wow. Vegas. Yeah. And I would say still, I've seen all the superstars, because I've you know been in Vegas for decades. The trilogy that he sang at the end of every show was the most incredible song that I've ever seen here in Vegas. As you know, that's where he combines Dixieland Battle Hill of the Republic and uh, all all my pra- uh, all my trials, and it, it's the most incredible song. I get chills just thinking about that. You know, Rhett. I hope I really, you know, I've had a, a touch. I didn't believe in Jesus until I was twenty nine. That I had a miraculous encounter in my living room. So I'm sure hopeful that someday I get to meet that humble beautiful man that uh, was just totally on the give. And the God gave him not only this phenomenal, I mean, this guy was, you know, movie star, good looks, uh, almost angelic in his good looks. He gave it away. Everybody he encountered, he gave dignity to. I mean, yes. it's a marvelous circumstance that took place. And then to have those songs written like um, oh, Heartbreak Hotel, you know, or uh, yes. Jailhouse Rock. I remember, uh, I think I interviewed... Who was it that wrote Jailhouse Rock? And he was, um, uh, I love a rainy night. I think it's his mom that wrote that. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, I love I loved Jailhouse Rock. I love all of them. But you're bringing back wonderful memories. I mean, he was such a great singer and that voice. And, of course, on the spiritual side, as you know, mm. the church played such a big role some of his spiritual songs just really give me chills. Well, let me tell you something. I was out to Best Buy a couple of years ago when we still were having uh, enormous CD sales. And at this time, there's this young teenager. And I went in there because I wanted to play uh, You Saw Me Crying in the Chapel. <laughs> and uh, I went out there to buy because I wanted to play it on my show. And he said, do you know that we sell more Elvis Presley gospel CDs than yes. any other CD? Yes, yes. No, I, I can believe that, because he discussed that so many times. As you know, that that's what he grew up with, and, and in his heart, you know, his spirituality. He loved those uh, spiritual songs. So uh, I think we're all blessed that not only was a, he a great rock and roll singer, and, you know, some of the ballads like Love Me Tender, mm. but the spiritual songs, like you said, I mean, you just nailed it. But the negative people love those songs. Yes, you but know? The, the negative side is that they foisted this super fame upon him, and I think that only God is deserving of the glory. You know, when I met Mike Tyson a few years ago, the reason he ended up giving me interview, I said, "Mike, don't be overwhelmed." I said, "Do what Billy Graham does. Uh, when somebody gives him praise and adulation, he just takes the mirror and bounces it up to God where it belongs." And 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 Mike goes. I like that. I like that. You're going to get your interview that you wanted. And uh, and I, I, I just think that Elvis was overwhelmed by the fame that, and the glory that should only be reserved for our higher power. Do you concur? Oh, no, I, I agree completely. And I'll share with you on the spiritual side. I'm, I'm in Las Vegas. We The Christian station here in Las Vegas is called SOS Radio, and I listen to it every morning. There's a gentleman named Scott 
Herald, he hosts a Christian station, and it's all over the U.S., just like you're incredible on radio. And as you know, all of those songs, Hillsong, I mean, you can name them all, uh, it's such an important part of my life. So I, I agree with all that you're sharing. And, you know, for your listeners, yes, I mean, uh, Elvis just loved, and he was in touch with his spirituality always. You know what we need to do maybe in the future? Uh, by the way, this is being, we're live, but it's also being recorded, and it will be on 89.9 FM in a couple of weeks, which is 100,000 watts up and down the coast of Florida. But, you know, sometime maybe we could arrange it where uh, you, you call in, and we could talk about, you know, different songs, and then we could play those songs, those spiritual that, songs. That would be absolutely incredible. And And if, you know, whatever time we have, if you ended it with a trilogy, because... Yes. Again, here in Las Vegas, every show ended with the trilogy. And, you know, he had such an amazing voice, Rhett, but boy, when you were in a showroom and he would sing the trilogy, it was just goosebumps, you know? I regret that I never got to see Elvis. Uh, but oh. I, did, I did end up going to Graceland, of course. And the irony is that, that he gave away so much. And when he died, I was told he was worth about 900000 and then they were going to sell Graceland. And then his uh, Priscilla and, of course, uh, his daughter uh, decided to keep it. And I think they're averaging about $36 million a year in ticket sales. That's what I last heard. Oh, oh, yes. And by the way, Rhett, since you mentioned Priscilla, right here in Vegas this weekend, she's uh, at the South Point Hotel here in Vegas. She has her own show where she talks about Elvis and her life, and there's memorabilia. So she's still, as you know, very, very popular. But ironically, she'll be in, in Las Vegas this weekend. Priscilla. Well, now that we're best of friends, maybe you could help me get an, an interview sometime. <laughs> uh, I'd be happy to uh, to do that and, and, and certainly to try that because... Well, uh, you know what I'm wondering? I'm wondering if you were on my show. I've been on the air 28 years, and you sound so familiar. I love the optimism in your voice. You sound like you're about 28. I'm sure you're not. <laughs> no, I'm actually... I, I, I'm 77. No, but, are you? Uh, but But... You know, I'm so passionate and I'm so in love with the business and working with celebrities like Elvis Presley. You know, that keeps keeps you young. And thank God, at 77, I've never taken drugs, so I'm all into health and fitness and, and God. You know, I'm a very spiritual person, so I think that all does contribute, Rhett. It does, Bruce. And now I want to ask you about now. So you ended up working with Elvis uh, on that movie, but then you two kind of got tight, and you ended up being his PR man. What was involved, and what are some of the challenges or stories you could tell us about what it was like to be with uh, the king of rock and roll? Oh, it, it was such a thrill because, again, going back to UCLA, I was in the film school, so I always loved films, mm -hmm. and he he was in so many wonderful. Films and for me to be able to go on the movie sets and be with him and meet all the you know different uh, stars that he was you know in, involved with. So the movie side of the business I loved and I you know I, I I was on the movie sets of all the films that he did. Wow! And then on the concert side, uh, uh, you know I was at so many of his concerts and and uh, again I must share with you the adulation of his fans. I've never seen more loving fans than Elvis had, never mm. seen more loving fans. Mm-hmm. Dedicated with so, absolute... Well, they could tell. People were, were, uh, were um, you know, uh, just... Uh, his, his, his honesty 
was he imbued honesty. He imbued sincerity. He had self-deprecating humor, which is amazing. Here's this kid who was a truck driver, comes from a lower-class income family, and yet had the humility of... Uh, of, of of real nobility. Of course, I believe that Jesus is and and uh, God has the real mo- royalty and, and nobility. And uh, Delvis Elvis definitely had something that was uncommon, right? Oh, I totally I totally agree. I mean, you know, there literally was just one Elvis. I mean, here in Vegas, there are so many great entertainers, and mm. I've seen all of them. Yeah. But he just really stands out. I mean, he had a gift that was really second to none, you know? Now, now, you said you were in the film industry. Now, this is a story that I heard. I think we were robbed, and I'll tell you why. I heard that he wanted to do A Star is Born, but uh, business-wise, the colonel got in the way of him starring in that, and I'm kind of sad that we don't have that now. Is that a true story that the colonel got yes, in the No, no, you, you are absolutely right. And Elvis talked with me a lot, as you know, they segmented him into those kind of films where he would do a lot of singing and mm. have the girlfriends. But he, he wanted to do a lot more than just those films. Yes, those films were popular. They cranked them out. But yes, I mean, he really wanted to be in The Star is Born. And I think he would, he would have been incredible. Oh. Red, incredible. Oh, yes. Without a doubt. I just feel yeah, so, so that, I feel robbed about that. Very much so. Robbed is the perfect word. I, I think he... He would have been great. And, uh, and again, in the films that he was in, I thought he did an absolutely great job. It's just that, as you know, Rhett, they were stereotyping him in those films. So mm. they, they were all kind of homogenized. They were all the same kind of films. He did great, but it's like he wanted to do more than well, just those type of films. Uh, I've read a lot, and he had great disdain for some of those idiotic songs they made him sing. They were dealing with nobility and had no idea of this intellect and the genius. Uh, and it's just so apparent in his delivery. Uh, and uh, just it goes on and on. I mean, I, now, now I'm not going to put down the colonel because maybe we wouldn't have known. I mean, as you know, you're a PR guy, and the colonel took him under wing. They did a 50 50 deal, which was unprecedented. And of course, it was just on a handshake, and Elvis right. kept his word. But you knew uh, Elvis intimately, traveling with him, being involved in the movies. Now, what did you think? What, tell us about the, the personality of the colonel and. Did it get in the way of, of more that we could have had from Elvis if he wasn't there, so to speak? Well, on the one the one thing that you did bring up as far as the star is born, but mm-hmm. Elvis, you know, he was such a respectful uh, human being. Like, when you were around him, he was so warm and friendly to everybody. You know, that Southern hospitality. So, so he never said one bad word to me about the colonel, mm-hmm. and he respected him, and obviously we you just described it beautifully earlier. You know, they made that 50-50 handshake deal, and, you know, Elvis's career was truly amazing. But you want to have a smile. After, sadly, Elvis passed away, the colonel, shortly after that, calls me up, and he meets with me. He says, Bruce, we're going to come out with an Elvis Presley wine, a wine going to be a wine collection and on each bottle they're going to have four special different photos of elvis he says bruce i want you to to handle that so anyway we did handle it and obviously it was a big success just with the fan clubs alone but it's a funny side story that after elvis you know went to heaven we wound up doing the pr with the colonel for elvis presley wine Mm. 
<laughs> well, you know, everybody's... Uh, the colonel must have, uh, when he passed, uh, he must have been very wealthy. Oh, my God. I can only, only imagine when you think of the income from all of those different things, you know, you raised an interesting thing. That would be a fun thing to to research, but absolutely, my goodness. Uh, now, how did he? How did the colonel and he hook up? Here's this kid who's driving a truck. He records a song at a local uh, little storefront called Sun Records, right? What happens next? Yeah, well, w- what had happened before, before Elvis, the colonel represented a couple of very big-name uh, country stars. And I'm trying to remember which ones they were, but there were about two or three big country name uh, stars that the colonel represented before Elvis. So that's, that's how when the colonel met Elvis, he kind of had his uh, foot in the door because of the fact that uh, the colonel already had been successful, you know, with some other country music stars. Uh, so that's how he was able to sign Elvis. In other words, he already had had some success with some very popular uh, country music stars. So that's how he got his foot in the door. And you're right about Sun Records. Obviously, that you know that was was so big and so so huge to uh, sign with Sun Records. But it was because of those country stars that he had his uh, uh, foot in the door. Ah, uh, I think. I'm not sure who those were. Are those the uh, they have that 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 fam- famous play that goes around? I think uh, Johnny Cash. Uh, who else was it? A couple of other stars. Um, they're all gone now. But I, I wonder if that's I wonder if that's who he handled was Johnny Cash. I'm uh, trying to remember, uh, but he he, he also Waylon. was good friends. You know, Sam Phillips at Sun Records. Sam yeah. Phillips. Yeah. The Colonel was on a good relationship with Sam Phillips at Sun. Records, so that was what kind of started it as well. So I mean, the Colonel definitely deserves a lot of credit. He oh, yeah. he was instrumental, and you know he took this young kid from Tupelo, and you know obviously turned him into one of the biggest stars, uh, you know ever. Ever. So, I mean, I mean, uh, Clive Davis, of course, who was the president of uh, Columbia Records and Arista Records, yes. the founder, and Clive in his book says uh, talent is rare, but more rare is talent that can recognize talent, and the colonel recognized a future star. No, you you were right. And one thing, tell me, do you remember or know the song Mystery Train that Elvis did, Mystery Train? It sounds vaguely familiar. For fun, later today, check out Mystery Train. Some people call it one of the best songs that Elvis ever did. He did it in 1955. Mm -hmm. But it's really a great song, but it's just interesting because I remember when I first met Elvis, we were talking about his early career, and he mentioned about Mystery Train being one of his all-time, all-time favorites. You know, uh, maybe I'm overly excited, and I'm sure you do a gazillion interviews and stuff, but I hope that uh, I'm going to be coming out to Nevada in the not-too-distant yes. future, and maybe, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to meet with you face-to-face. Oh, are you kidding? I, I, I would love it. And by the way, I found out for you the two big stars that Colonel Parker represented were Eddie Arnold and Hank Snow. There you Eddie go. Arnold and Hank Snow. So those were stars that he developed, and so when he met Elvis, Elvis already knew that Colonel Parker made uh, Eddie Arnold and Hank Snow big big names, so that really helped him. 
Uh, do you have a, a book or a website or something we could promote that people can get a little closer to you? Well, yeah, that's very kind of you. Our, our website, it's my name, Bruce Marin, and then CelebritySpeakers.com. Bruce Marin, CelebritySpeakers.com. And, and again, we've worked with so many big-name celebrities, but Elvis is at the pinnacle. You know, uh, I just feel so blessed that I was able, you know, to work with him. Mm. And I loved his love for his mom. Uh, I, just want, I just want to say hi to my mama. God bless my mama. <laughs> that is great. That just, is great. You, I just want to say hi to my mama. You have mama. it nailed. That is great, Rhett. <laughs> well, he's almost inimitable. What a what a great human being. And uh, like I said, I'll never forget, you know, uh, I, I remember when I was, I was interviewing Billy Graham, and I brought up the subject of humility. And Dr. Graham leaned into me and said, well, Rhett, if we're talking about it, we haven't got it. And then I, Elvis was on international TV or whatever. The, the, uh-huh. the, the, and then uh, the, I think it was, uh, I think it was either the Steve Allen show or the or the uh, uh, what's the guy? It's you know uh, that had the Beatles, uh, Ed Sullivan. And yeah, uh, he yeah. said, "Oh, this is this is uh, this is my uh, biggest record yet." And and what he <laughs> said, but oh, actually, it's not any bigger than all my other records. They're all about the same size. <laughs> I mean, uh, that, where, no, that, 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 that's, that's that, humility. Yes, and the other thing with Elvis that I'll share, because I was blessed to be around him so much, even though he was a superstar, he was humble. That yeah. was his southern roots. He was very humble. Yeah, and, and it wasn't... And he it was wasn't, so respectful. Yeah, it wasn't affected yeah. either. It was real. Right, exactly. That, that humble and humility, you know, there's a lot of stars, as you know, they become so affected. Oh, yeah. But he always was humble, and I think part of that was the... Southern roots, and again, his mom. I really feel she had well, such a big influence there. Uh, okay, so. this is what I'm going to say now. You see, he he gave others dignity, and yes. he, he had true royalty in his blood. And this is why, when they say in the Bible belts, uh, they're so polite. They're polite because they have the DNA of the Lord Jesus, in my opinion. And therefore, they have real royalty, and that's why they give dignity to all they encounter. And Elvis was a pinnacle of that humility and and a giver of dignity. Yeah, no, you said it beautifully. And just one last memory that I remember, on one of the movies he did, I think it was the one with Anne Margaret, everybody, everybody that was involved in the film got a Rolex watch. No. You know, everybody. I, I mean, how many Crazy. movie stars or celebrities do that? It, you know, he just had a heart of gold. You know, God God makes no mistakes in who he chooses, because, you know, I've done a lot of interviews about uh, Frank Sinatra. I have a friend of mine, she's still alive in her 90s, and did a lot of work with uh, Frank. I mean, like, when she went into the hospital for a year, they had a platonic relationship. It's just friend. He paid the rent. Uh, when uh, when the Sammy Davis uh, Jr. died, uh, he owed the IRS a million dollars. Frank Sinatra drove over and gave his uh, widow a million-dollar check. You find these people like Elvis, uh, you know, like I said, royalty God knows who he's choosing to be the real yes. champions. I totally, I totally agree with you. I, yep. We're blessed beyond words. You're absolutely right. I agree, Red. Okay, so once again, uh, your website is yeah, Bruce Marin's Celebrity Speakers dot com, and we will meet in Vegas when you come out here. 
I tell you what, I'm going to be a, I'm going to bug you, sir, because I want to spend some quality time with you, and we'll do some recordings. Maybe we'll even go live out there if, if you agree to that. Uh, but oh, of course, let's stay in touch. You're wonderful, and thank you for your kindness because I know you're a very busy man, and to to take this time to be with uh, little old me, I just really appreciate it. Oh, don't be silly. God bless you. Thank you, sir, and God bless Bruce Marin. Thank you. My new friend. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Have a good day out You're there. You're a blessing. You are, too. And have a good day out there, Bruce, and we'll be talking soon, okay, sir? Okay. Okay. Thank Th- you so much, Red. Bye. Thank you.